Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, remind me again how you did what you've done to your leg. Oh, hockey. Hockey. Ice hockey, yeah. Ice hockey. <laughs> I love it. So your background, before we get into any of the music stuff and the documentary filmmaking, your background was extreme sport video making, right? Yeah, I did a lot of, uh, I grew up, I sort of cut my teeth doing like Super 8 films, actually. I, I lived in Mammoth at the time, which was um, a ski resort. Yep. up in uh, Northern California. So um, I was shooting um, a lot of the mountain activity, and then my father lived down here by the beach. So skating, surfing, <laughs> skiing, uh, and then it, it, that ultimately yielded into snowboarding too. So. And was your is it Warren Miller, who was a guy you were working with? I, yeah, I was in a couple films. Like he came and shot uh, two separate times. Uh, he in Mammoth. He he did a ski film with a team that was going to Europe for the International Student Ski Championships, and um, so he shot us. And uh, I, I did another film after that, just about about Mammoth, um, where I was skateboarding. But when the first time he came out, I like he's we're we're just a whole bunch of kids that are skiing down the mountain, and there's this old dude. Who's just working all alone? Work, you know, carrying a wooden tripod on his shoulders. Skiing, wooden, wooden. Wow. Yeah, it was old school. <laughs> and uh, and he'd you know stop, set the camera down, you know, scope things out, and say, "All right, kids, let's go." And and then we'd ski down and just do different shots with him. 
And I was like, man, that guy's got a cool job. <laughs> so, uh, and I was young. I was in junior high at that point. Like maybe, maybe yeah, freshman in high school. So, um, which is probably around 13, 14 years old. And, um, and then it's just sort of planted the seed, you know, and, and, and I hijacked a camera that my parents had given us kids. I have brother and sister and, and just started shooting films like that basically, but super eight. And, uh, and and patching them together you know on this really crappy editing system and what were you using back then what would it have been well the editing was just like a, honestly just a cut and paste like you know razor blade and tape and when the cameras that i worked with i've worked with all the, a lot but a yashica super 8 camera which was just you know really down market model cumbersome but, yeah um and just you know really terrible lens and, and, and but it was just it was fun you know like it, 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 I didn't have any it was just cool to do it was just sort of like all right well this is going to be essential as essential to my life as eating and breathing so uh that was it you got bitten by the bug did you yeah was it everything as well was it the filming and the editing was it the whole process At that point it really was just the filming because editing was such a pain yeah but uh, and then seeing the results you know and 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 and, and I guess piecing things together but it wasn't very creative it was just like you and action sports is even today mostly you know you're documenting the progression of a sport yeah right so you don't obviously that it takes a lot of effort and 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 uh and um skill to put yourself in places to get certain shots but in terms of creatively they don't they, they're not all that challenging you know in terms of uh narrative or, or anything like that you're pretty much putting shots end to end and, and, and just capturing the tricks. Yeah. And then later on when I, when I, when I, after, you know, a certain period of music videos, I came back to that world and, um, and tried to mess with the structure and the, the, the real fabric of, of those films and, and, and try to shake up that sort of, uh, you know, basic structure to, to what, those that culture really demanded and um and it's funny just the reaction to that because it was like you know we we're doing all these editing tricks and 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 cutting things and and uh in 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 ways that uh you know they that culture hadn't necessarily seen or or seen a lot and and because it was all sort of experimental film ethos pasted onto an action sports um subject matter so it was funny to see the reaction to that uh i did a film for quicksilver and 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 uh and surf culture is it's it's sleepy you know and and it's like it's it's it can be sort of complacent creatively there's a lot of really beautiful work and really beautiful photography but um i think in terms of you know being out front of a creative uh, uh, um, endeavor, you know, it's like, it's never really in the structure or, or the, like the, the substance of, of the tactile nature of film. And so, um, yeah, but I still kept working in that world and working with, you know, different brands, skates, skate brands, um, surf brands, um, snowboard brands. And, 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 uh, I mean, it's great. It's a great sandbox to play in, you know, have you always kind of had one foot in music and one foot in the sport world? Is that how your career has been characterized, would you say? Yeah, I think um, sp sport 
because uh, I, I sort of grew up as an athlete and d- you know did all the all the idiot things that, that like hurt your leg yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so but the physicality of that um, of that world was something that was really um, you know sports were more important than school to me you know and and every season had a different uh, you know uh, sort of a different drug I guess with with what sport you did because you moved around. at that now kids sort of focus on one sport year year round but when i grew up it really was like you were you moved around a lot and and uh well, and you would snowboard in the winter mm-hmm. surf in the summer yeah skating spring yeah or you surfed year round for sure yeah. but uh, um but it also in, even in terms of traditional sports like baseball soccer um the the uh and i i i think my what that world or that history i guess afforded me was um it, it just really informed actually the, the the way that i approached subjects you know and 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 to try to bring that sort of physicality to how i operated a camera or how i um or the effects that i wanted an edit to have you know and t- just in terms of the visceral quality and 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 the, the kinetic nature of of sport um you know i find i find those elements obviously in music i mean they're super present right so yeah. it's just a matter of like so uh, you know whether it's the subject you choose or 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 or, or um, you know how you want to move the camera or, or or create an edit you know that bringing that same sort of kinetic um, quality to 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 music I think it's a you know it's sort of a natural fit even early on like the couple of Soundgarden early Soundgarden videos that you did there's a real fluidity to the camera movement and you've got sort of all the musicians crawling over that space in is it loud love was the mm-hmm. video you did and and hands all over yeah. and hands all over yeah and both of those videos have that similar kind of like you feel like you're in the groove with the band if that makes sense yeah that was sort of like but it's funny both those videos are sort of like you know monkeys on the in the jungle gym it's yeah, it's uh yeah, yeah and chris especially he's he's very athletic you know so yeah uh, not everybody can do that stuff it's funny too, because like when I I, I just started, because uh, I'm I'm re-digitizing a lot of that stuff, so it's you know in the higher def, and so I'm going, I'm finding a lot of those old videos, and uh, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was I doing, <laughs> you know? But but uh, it was it was it was fun, you know. It was like especially at that at that point in time, it was just sort of like you know making it up right well yeah and also those like that those genres of music they really were sort of like that was the lunatic part of of the of the music industry you mm-hmm. know it's like and they it was like we, we had our own asylum so to speak so yeah. there there was that sort of um uh you know wild erraticness i mean it was even literally like in come as nirvana's come as you are is like literally swinging from the chandeliers you know? yeah so, and was that their idea or yours no it was mine that yeah. was yours yeah, yeah 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 he sat on it at one scene isn't he just swinging and then li- later on he is literally yeah. hanging from it swinging across the room yeah so you've been around some amazing people kevin um did it all begin with the the triple-headed sonic youth sort of experimentation um, you made a feature film with Kim Gordon, right? And then you used some of the footage from that 
to make a music video and sort of sent it in to MTV. Is that how the story goes? And yeah, she had um, Sonic Youth has a you know a lot of times their their music is you know much more. Um, it's so cerebral, rocky, right? Isn't but it? this there's the song that we used in the film was one of her speak sing yeah. um, song Shadow of a Doubt. So uh, and there was a point where this she was sitting on top of a train and 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 uh sort of spinning around in a circle while the while the camera was also spinning in another direction basically so when the train went into a tunnel uh there was like 10 or 15 seconds of black and the band saw it was like that's the perfect place to put the band's performance and and um and then when it came back out of the tunnel everybody was gone kim was gone the band was gone and and uh and I really didn't know like music videos at that point. Like just how my setup at home was more way. I was way more into film, and yeah. and uh, and uh, so I didn't. I I know that music video had started. You know, had started with a lot of the big hair bands, and 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 so it didn't really uh, elicit that much interest for me. And 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 then once I saw you can like it because that video took off um and and a company pulled me in and said hey we want you to do music videos for for us and and then i started working with a lot of bands that were of similar ilk you know whether it's mazzy star or opal or um fade into you man that that video i mean that song is so beautiful and what a beautiful voice yeah she's but that video is magic yeah dreamy desert landscape like just the perfect marriage of visual and sound thanks um, and that was the second video actually I did for, for them. The first one was just like, oh, we got like $800. Let's go shoot something, you know, uh, like our inspiration actually, I th- think was really more like, don't look back, you know, the Bob Dylan thing yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and just doing something super psychedelic. So if you have enough of those experiences where like you can shoot whatever you want, uh, edit it however you want kick it out and all of a sudden it's like it makes a little splash it's like wow this is sort of cool you know it's like and 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 even on MTV like the fact that it sort of found a little corner in that universe yeah um i was like ah there's there's something to you know there's that was a point in time that, that they don't come around all that often right and i was just lucky to um to have been there and also um, to be tagged by by you know some of these bands that that um, saw uh, you know kindred spirit and so yeah it was it was super fun and and none of the record executives at that point really came to the set you know they were like well there a lot of them were on indie labels so uh, you know they were sort of overstretched in terms of their yeah their their uh, so you were essentially given free reign, were you? In a lot yeah. of instances, and even in even in the the in the beginning, the 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 bigger labels, um, those bands had sort of they had to do a video. It was contractually obligated that that, that uh, for the for the label to step up, but because they didn't they didn't really mean that much to the labels. Yeah, like a lot of the executives didn't show up, you know. So we could just do whatever we wanted, and and I mean ultimately. Once they once that once the underground like alt rock and the indie rock started to um, cross over, yeah, then people straightened up and they wanted to start formalizing. You know, they paid a lot more attention at that point. And sometimes there are great people in that in that world who 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 
added a lot and and really protected the what was special about indie rock and 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 the music videos at that point and and really helped evolve it and then there were of course like you know your standard music execs who um went in the wrong direction yeah (laughs) and really just wanted to turn it into a factory assembly line yeah to print money yeah right did it feel like you were creating a new language did it feel like you were sort of inventing a a new subgenre, if you will yeah it's funny you you say that I've, i've um it actually felt like more of an extension of different um film cultures yeah. in, in in the past who um for me personally uh was that was experimental film or even you know even aspects of more traditional filmmaking but but more um uh filmmakers that had their own identity you know auteurs that 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 uh that um that inspired me right and 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 not that we were necessarily you know doing work that was equal to them just so just more that we're we're you know it shared a lot of that dna and yeah. and as an inspiration so it, it it's funny it didn't it didn't feel like it was totally new i think when you look back it's like it 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 definitely had it it had an impact on so many other aspects of filmmaking commercials for sure even narrative filmmaking, uh, film and television, um, that the kineticism that you saw in music videos, I think informed, started to inform some of the other, some of the other formats. And, and I mean, yeah, it was like, there was something very special about MTV, but it didn't feel like it was like, you know, we invented the wheel. (laughs) I think as much as anything, it was, it was the bands, wasn't it? The bands of that era were so special and it's only really now i think that you can look back and see i mean there's bands like say primus i mean let's talk about them just a filmmaker's dream right to work with a band like that that are so obscure and strange and like inspirational if you're trying to come up with a visual motif to accompany a song like which was the song you did with primus too many puppies too many puppies yeah and you've got that weird like caliban type character running around in his pants, uh, obviously just mixed with sort of like a live show, was it? Was it just a, yeah. like a gig you filmed and then mm-hmm. mixed in with a bit of that? I mean, bands like that must have been a joy and a dream to work with because they were just so original and distinct. Yeah, and, and and also at the same time, not very precious about, you know, making sure that, that you know, you're putting out the right message and you're like... It, it, <laughs> I guess some of it has to do with, you know, there's this sort of term that you got to be free to fail. And, and when you, I, when you get in a rehearsal studio or you're collaborating with anybody, it's like, you know, just having that, um, we just want to do stuff and, and we can riff and be spontaneous and, and, and also curates, you know, something that's, that's, you know, not just, you know, just off the cuff. But I think that, um, you know, not getting so precious about uh, about being perfect every time, and uh, and I think that that's the the spirit of of indie rock. But you're right, like the like that era uh, of of music. Um, there were so many amazing bands, so and many. they were so doing doing all so different as well. Yeah, and and that really is the 
the thing that that um, get, that was the juice that 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 I think any music video director sort of sort of ran on, um, and so you know, and to be able to take that as a cue. And, and and to have the follow through, yeah, they're gonna do twelve songs on an album, right, or what, or even more, and they may do one video, but to still bring that same um, uh, experimentation to to the visual yeah. world, um, you know, that takes uh, it takes some some balls, <laughs> and and uh, and also I just just a faith actually and and um you know everything will be all right and you know you can you can play you don't you don't have to be you have to fold every corner you know perfectly and that's the problem obviously with with once you get into the the once the risk reward really factors into uh a commercial band or commercial endeavor and everything it ultimately ended up being a commercial endeavor because um we got the police going above us have we that's the that's there we the, go. Yeah, the LAPD. <laughs> Carry on. That's our state bird. Uh, the, um, but the formality of of that and and the 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 um the faith that you know you can make some mistakes you know, and and even even in the in the the fabric of the image like I used to experiment with with um you know ripping apart the emulsion on a film on film or developing it in my bathtub, you know, those are all things like that were done in experimental film, you know, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the years past. But certainly not for like Motley Crue videos or Def Leppard. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Are you, they're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about, you may rip half the image that you just shot away, or you actually may even destroy it. Like no way. And, and, uh, you know, this is a business. This is a, you know, an enterprise. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it, 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 it uh, pivoted, you know. Yeah, and you you learn to work with it, of course, but but and try to sneak in those things when you can. But um, and occasionally somebody will say, "Yeah, let's take let's take those chances." There's so many videos I want to talk to you about. Um, I obviously don't just want to go through one by one because that might be a bit boring for you. But um, for me, having watched almost all the music videos you've made over the course of your career over the last few days and the lead up to this chat to try and soak in and absorb your visual style and and the development of that visual style for me like your first masterpiece video if i could be so bold <laughs> is the travolta video for mr bungle like nice that is because before that you'd obviously done the sonic youth ones had the whole one come before that as well garbage man yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Primus and Soundgarden and then you get to that video and it's carnivalesque and it, again, I mean, the source material is the song, right? And that's the inspiration to go to all those places. Um tell me about your memories from recording and editing as well that insane piece of work. Yeah, it's funny. The um Mr. Bungle was so Mike Patton is was the lead singer of Mr. Bungle and or is uh, and uh, he was also the lead singer of um, Faith No More at the time. So I just finished Midlife Crisis, I think. Oh, that that preceded it, did mm -hmm, it? Yeah. Okay, got you. And uh, <clears throat> I believe so. Well, that's I mean, a masterpiece it's, it's, it's too. Hard. I thought that oh, might thanks. have been afterwards. <laughs> um, but yeah. But uh, and Patton's just a total genius in in the craziest way. Uh, and I think that um, 
you know, with, with Bungle, just especially lyrically and, and all, um, uh, you know, it's, it's really dark yeah, and, and, and carnivalesque and, you know, even just, I think the first lyrics are all behold the spect the spectacle the fleshy the fleshy limbless rectangle, which is about a double double amputee, and um, and that's just like that image is so shockingly precise and just the the lyric you know and, and it's um even like I say a line like your menstruating heart yeah like it's graphic isn't it yeah. it's yeah, so he has a he has a special knack for for <laughs> doing that. <laughs> the so, grotesque and and uh, and the idea was just to go up, just doing everything in the kitchen sink approach, you know, and and then just throw it at the wall and 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 putting it together. Uh, that's sort of a madness in it in its own. But we were we were hanging people from hooks, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know. Severed heads throughout the whole thing with bugs crawling on them, and would that be getting played at sort of like peak hour? You know, it's or funny. was it a late night video? That well, one? so at that point in time, the uh, MTV had a Sunday night show called 120 Minutes. Yeah, and and that really was the form that most of the band, most of the videos that I did um, showed up. I don't even know if they would show, even entertain the idea of showing Mr. Bungle. Like I, I think a lot of people even like didn't know that it, it it even existed, but like when I put it up on on YouTube and and it's really funny the com I, I don't get that's that video gets more comments than anything does it yeah because it's so provocative yeah and it's it's uh uh yeah it just felt like it found a perfect sync point to to be honest with the with the lyrics you know it was like my my job at that point was like. All right, I got to step up here, you know, and 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 do something that that um, has that same sort of visceral effect that that Patton's lyrics and and also sonically that band they just do these abrupt. Sh- it's a sort of like a jazz punk band. Yeah, you know? they yeah. have those sort of um, they're Lots all of left turns all yeah, of a sudden, you're and like, they're Ooh. all amazing players. Yeah, right, and and that's the thing about like that type of music and even sometimes even metal it's like they're they're all virtuosos you know in a way so um it's this really funny uh dynamic between you know super sophisticated and and accomplished and and on the other side something that's completely out of its mind yeah, yeah. and raw yeah. and nasty and yeah. underground i mean faith no more as well particularly at that point in time what an unstoppable unit how did you meet those guys? Were you telling me, did you go to school or something or grew I, up? With I Roddy? grew up, so uh, it's funny, Roddy Bottom and uh, Billy Gould, they, their fathers <laughs> went to school with my, their fathers and mothers actually went to school with my parents. And so we knew each other since like we were, you know, little baby tots. Right. And um, they, they were both younger than I was. So they, they, they were more friends. Roddy and Billy were more friends with my brother. But we were all we were around each other all the time just because of our parents, right? They're, they they remained really good friends. So, um, and I was just a fan of Faith No More, you know, throughout the years. And and I think also, uh, we probably both felt it like it'd be weird for us to do work with each other just because we know each other so well. So it just feels like, um, like like I didn't push it, they didn't push it. But and we you bo- almost had to go and do a few other things first Probably, to try yeah. and find your yeah. voice and your feet. And- yeah. So, um, and plus they were they were living in the Sa- in San Francisco, the Bay Area. So 
we we hadn't spent much time together. Anyway, we we you know the 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 lines converged again, and 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 uh, and it was time for midlife crisis. So um, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I love I love that song, and 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 I love them just personally, but also as a band, and and so. Uh, the funny thing also is that our parents, we, we came out of, they went to Catholic school. All of, all, all generations did, their parents and, and them. So we have, we have a funny uh, experience with the, you know, altar boys and Catholic boys and, and, and all that. So that imagery was like almost just instantaneous. It's like, okay, you got to play in that world. Right. And yeah. then, and then, I don't even know how I came up with the, the with the, the, the you know quartered by horses, but um, it was just something that just sort of stuck. And and the question then was just, all right, well, how do you pull that off? <laughs> so um, and was that tricky? Are you working with animals tricky. for the first time there? Uh, no, I work with I work with horses a bit, but more solo. Right. And when you put four horses in facing opposite directions. Mm-hmm that's not their nature you know so they're so and their instinct is that they're pack animals so they all sort of want to go in the same in the same direction so when <laughs> uh, and we're shooting above this with him below with it with with the, the the stuntman was on a metal or marble plate in the middle of of uh a, a quartering situation and then we basically we just gave the cue and one horse reared up at the same time that the horse opposite it pulled forward so basically it was pulling the horse back on its back and um and just about to land on the stuntman right and i'm looking at all this from 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 above like oh shit this is like not not good but the stunt the stuntman was so agile that that he 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 slipped off the marble plate and 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 got, got out of got the out there. yeah <laughs> no and no horses were hurt thank god and uh and um and then we just did we did a different variation on that just to get another just to get coverage you know yeah so yeah we could put the sequence together and, and uh but yeah that was that was tricky did you meet courtney before she was with kurt when when you did that whole video because she's old friends with roddy as well right mm-hmm. or are yeah. you indeed old yeah friends i with met well? i met courtney through roddy <clears throat> right roddy um the uh and I sort of run. Did she audition to be in Faith No More or something to be the singer? Did that happen, or is that just like one of those rock and roll myths? Well, I have a vague recollection that I heard that somewhere, but I don't know if it's true. So uh, I probably didn't hear it from a valid source. It was just like you know, in the rumor mill. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So I uh, when when Garbage Man, I think Kurt Courtney would bring. I was doing a video, and Courtney brought. Dave Grohl to the to the production office. So I met I sort of met Dave before I met Courtney, and then, um, and then I went to meet. Courtney was opening for. God, maybe Primus or Smashing Pumpkins. They were playing a small gig in San Francisco, so I went up to talk to her about doing her video. She was, um, she was. She didn't. She hadn't gone. She wasn't going out with with Kurt at the time. But she introduced me to Kurt. Um, it was a really weird thing. It was like Billy Corrigan and because she used to date Les. Billy as well, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was a really strange triangle. They're all just sort of <laughs> hanging out and cross pollinating. <laughs> Is that how you met Billy as well? Was through Courtney? No, I actually met uh, Billy years back through Janet Billig from uh, who was working at Astral Works and Caroline Records. Yeah. Um, and uh, this was Gish era, mm-hmm. right? So I shot, um, I did a live gig, New Year's Eve gig of uh, the Pumpkins early, early on at the Metro in Chicago. So that ended up being making it to a film. And then... Um, was that the video for I Am One? Is yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When Billy had hair, there's loads yeah. of hair. <laughs> See, those guys, the two videos you did with them, Cherub Rock as well, very psychedelic yeah. Lots of like, is the technique called dissolve when one shot goes into the other, into uh-huh. the other, into the other? Yeah. Um, that was like a radical approach to music video making at that point, right? I don't recall seeing many other videos prior to that that utilize that. Chair Brock. Yeah. What's up, guys? <laughs> These are my dogs, Mufasa <laughs> and Eloise. Is that what this one's called, Mufasa? Mufasa, That's yeah. so good. <laughs> it suits him. They like to be a part of everything. It must have been, I mean, editing a video like that must have taken you forever. Chair Rock took a yeah. It's funny actually. That took a week, and that was one of the that was one of the hey hey. Outside. <laughs> Sorry guys, <laughs> it's all right. It adds to the ambiance. Um, you've got to be quiet though, guys. That was that was a super eight adventure, where I had actually um, processed half of the um, half of the film in my bathtub. So. Uh, yeah, the um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because Mufasa's right behind me, <laughs> um, and it's it was really hard to actually edit that stuff just because it was dark. It was it was it was the image wasn't quality wasn't that great. So he's all, oh yeah, he's got a squeaky yeah. Let me um, yeah. Once you could just grab that from him and you'll be safe. Come, Come on. on, Come on, boy. <laughs> Drop it. Drop it. There you go. Um. <laughs> so and and it's funny actually with Ch- cherub rock even though it looks like that there's a lot of layers there that's most mostly actually just cut their straight images but the but the image is so um so decayed that it looks like you're looking at sometimes at, at two or three images at the same time most of the super dense densely layered things that i did were with um sonic youth early on the second video yeah. beauty lies in the eye and 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 the third candle and then um, come as you are, obviously. Yeah. And and uh, you know probably ride has you know that's that's pretty dense too. But that's like it's funny. Like I I really love doing those things just because they're they're pretty dreamy. And, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, pumpkins are a very dreamy yeah. sounding band, aren't they? Yeah. Were you telling me when we did the print interview that uh, Billy wasn't happy with your work? There was, there was a little bit of a. <laughs> disagreement over the creative direction of that which seems crazy because i think it came out perfectly and served the song and the band in the image and their whole aesthetic perfectly but yeah then i guess billy's well, billy is he there's some <laughs> layers there i think that it's it's f- layers to, to to the reaction oh, sorry guys. it's all good don't worry <laughs> go on and don't come back i'll say i'll say go on. good boy <laughs> so um but it's funny because Billy's reaction actually to the video was actually more about the weather that we shot in. Uh, we were shooting in San Francisco, and it was it ended up being super rainy that night, and we were in the forest, so it was it was cold. But they're from Chicago, <laughs> you know, and you don't you don't really get weather colder than that. So 
it was strange to hear objections to weather because I, I don't I don't have any control over control that. Control over it, yeah. Um, but I think ultimately what what that song is about is really um, trying to kick indie rock impulses in the teeth, you know, and yeah. and uh, and um, you know, for the for, for the for the indie rockers that sort of wanted to be coddled and 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 insulated and not not really grow up, I guess, in Billy's eyes. So, um, yeah, the, the lyrically, it's a it's a uh, it's it's a song about that takes a negative approach on something that I hold really dear because it's like I think there's so much amazing music that the that came out of that culture. So, one of the things I did want to do at that point, which which I don't think he got at the time was to shoot shoot in a format that was pure indie rock, yeah. pure you know all, uh, alternative, which was super eight, you know. And you can tell by the by the next videos that they did on that that album that they wanted a lot more polish, you know. Chair block was probably a little a little dirty. Yeah. Well, obviously we have to talk about Nirvana. Um, you did three, four videos with them, right? You did Slither as well. Four, yeah. Four. Yeah. Um, which was the first that you shot, Come As You Are? Yeah, we shot Come As You Are. Come As You Are. Then... And then In Bloom. In Bloom, then Lithium. Then Lithium, and then... Slither. And then Slither. Yeah, and then... And then um, Sliver. Yeah, and then we were doing a film, actually. We were doing a film that was supposed to be about sort of the Nirvana experience, you know, from the inside and out. And... um. And we were just sort of at that stage where where, where it was sort of the outward uh, look in, um, which was a lot of performance and things like that. And Kurt died right in the middle of that. How did you come on board with them in such a close, intimate way? Because a lot of these other artists you've worked with once, maybe twice. Mm -hmm. Obviously, as we get to later on, there's bands like Rise Against and stuff where there's been several collaborations. But that early on, when they could have... I guess worked with anyone um, and done different videos with different people. It seemed like you were their guy for yeah. an extended period of time. There was it just a personal bond and closeness. I think so, and I, I think um, you know that Nirvana was a funny it, it, to be in that bubble. You know, and I'm, I'm this is sort of like a third person perspective on on Nirvana. You know, to be sort of you know literally living under a bridge and all of a sudden having the world at your feet. You know, it's it's it it is um, it is abrasive in so many ways. You know, I mean, it's rewarding, I'm sure, absolutely. But I also think that it it it, it to to get yanked out of that reality um, so much and and then just to figure out how you actually create something, you know, that has that sort of genuine. Thing. So I think Kurt was really protective about who he worked with, you know, and, and, and to make sure that people knew that the Kurt before, right? And 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 to to be able to trust it <laughs> Go on, get out of there. Can, you want me to go just shut them out? Let me just do Yeah, that. okay. Do you want me to do it if you want to no, show I'll do it. No? I'll do it. Do you wanna keep running? Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> no, no worries. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sorry about that. I should have done that early on. No, it's all good. It's all good. I didn't fuck you up too much. No, 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 it's fine. Honestly, I'm pretty loose with stuff like that. It all adds to the... The transparency of the conversation and the laid-back vibes. So, um, yeah, he had a very kind of trusting... Yeah, but I also think that at, at, at how... Um, so, with Smells... They didn't have a great experience on Smells Like Teen Spirit, I, I, I've been told. And and Did that precede the videos that you made? Yeah, that was... Smells Like Teen Spirit was the first video off the album. So uh, So, when it came time to do the second one... Um, they wanted to work with somebody that they just felt uh, carry the same aesthetic, right? So when I met Kurt at that club in San Francisco, <clears throat> um, and I'd seen them tour quite a bit with you, Sonic Youth. With Sonic Youth, they opened for Sonic Youth for several tours. Um, the uh, he said to me, like right off the bat, basically, you've done my favorite video in the world. Which was which was Holla, my first video for me, for Mazzy Star. So I was like, <laughs> it's, it's it was pretty funny just because you don't when you meet people like that. Typically, the praise goes one way, right? <laughs> and it's outgoing. Yes, exactly. So uh, so that was you know pretty disarming. And I also then we just we ta- we connected, we talked for a long time, and 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 it was just um, you know it felt like we had that sort of that sort of bond. So when it came time to, to award the video, they, um, Kurt said he wanted to work with me and, and his only, um, note to me was like, I don't want to be in the video. Right. And so because he was on every, every newspaper cover, every magazine cover, you know, his, he was, his image was ubiquitous. Actually all of Nirvana's images, they, they were ubiquitous. So, um, and they were sick of themselves, basically sick of them, seeing themselves. So, like I knew that that's going to be an issue. I I had going to have to walk a line with that because the record company's not going to like that. So can I come up with something that honors both um, that serves both masters basically, right? So um, 
So, you know, there's some images in that video that sort of obscure uh, their identity. How did you achieve that effect with the water dripping down in front That's of you? That's just a shooting through a plexi, basically, with, with right. water coming down the... Yeah, just like a sheet of water, you know, that had... Um, and it's cool just because you... You know, you get all sorts of warps and, and, yeah. and things like that. And so. it obviously links directly to the album cover. Yeah. And you've got references to the baby in it as well. And it nailed it. And it was he happy with that then? He was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was super happy, yeah. I'll, so I'll be I got asked back. But, yeah, you got, <laughs> and the next one, I mean, um, in, was In Bloom next, yeah? That's when they sort of address the whole... I guess theme of celebrity and fame and yeah, originally send it up. yeah, and originally it wasn't that way. Originally, it, it, it I, I came up with the idea that ultimately became part of Heart Shaped Box, but it was it was really more about um, you know a kid growing up in a clan in a clan family and 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 uh, um, and then seeing her family for what it was and and uh, and pivoting out of it and it wasn't super narrative it was a lot it was there was still a lot of abstract stuff but it, uh and there was like wizard of oz imagery in there and all that it was it was um but it was pretty poetic and but it was a it was an ambitious idea and the record company didn't have the time to actually develop that you know because it takes time to shoot and prep it and shoot it and all that stuff so um the idea was to basically just do something off riffing off of Ed Sullivan and and how you know how we like our pop stars, and so uh, yeah we just we just went down that road with tongue and cheek and and uh, which is kind of what the song is as well isn't it the songs kind of have it is is the song having a go at perhaps people who've sort of jumped on board the alternative rock oh completely. bandwagon and yeah yeah well also just likes the bands for all the wrong reasons yeah right so uh, and and. Uh, and a lot of that, uh, it's funny too, because that it obviously showed up on the album, that 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 made them popular, but they weren't super popular before. But it's almost like it anticipated that sort of fame in a way, uh, which is which is prescient, you know. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, the Velvet Revolver video, Fall to Pieces. We'll talk about that a little later on as well, and what that almost predicted is yeah. heartbreaking. Um, but the the final one in the the Nevermind trilogy, um, Lithium, and mm. did you just go on the road with the band to capture that? And what was that like at that point in time, being out on you know that actually tour with Nirvana? Yeah, that actually came out from it, we harvested a lot of footage from different sources. So it um um there were live shows that were shot all over the place, you know, um, and then it was just doing something that or putting it together in a way that um evoked you know what it was like to be you know at a, one of their shows but also just you know pretty dreamy and just tripped out <laughs> yeah hence all the dissolves and stuff again and, yeah. the, and it does it really captures i never saw them live but it really captures that live energy mm -hmm. um and they must have been a very exhilarating band to watch yeah from what i've heard and seen a lot of noise for three guys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I really enjoyed, actually, was watching the In Bloom video the other day and watching Dave Grohl in it. And you can see how much he's fully in character and in the zone. And obviously now he's known for being incredibly funny in all the Foo Fighters videos, but I guess you would have seen it firsthand from your point of view. Even then, there was a comedian there, wasn't there? Completely, yeah. 
He was super hammy. <laughs> Chris was too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think those guys, everybody really like, we did that video. That's four takes. Totally. Two in suits and two in dresses. And um, so, and, and, and every single one of those takes, like you could have just taken that take and, and released that as a video. You know, but just as a one just shot, as one yeah. shot, yeah, yeah. They're um, they're all super funny. And Slither is just in like a garage or something, is it? And you've got Francis Bean is at the start, sort of having a little dance to the baseline. <laughs> yeah. Kurt's hand, she's her back's to a cardboard, uh, like a sheet of cardboard, and uh, and Kurt's actually behind the sheet. We punched a hole in the car, the right. car. so he's he's sort of like doing the puppet. He's the puppet master. Oh, amazing. Grabbing her back and like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she had some pretty good moves for such <laughs> yeah, a young exactly. kid. I was like, got soul in her. <laughs> so he was kind of. She had a handle on her making a dance. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was just, that was shot in his garage. Again, super eight. That was just us four. Like I, I didn't have any help on that. It was just me lighting and, uh, and like say, when I'm ready, I was like, hey guys, come down here. And then we just, you know, messed around for an hour or so. And then, Kaboom. Did you see the sort of the fame that he was exposed to? Did you see it change him? It's funny. I I had experiences that reflected it changing him, but when you were with him, it felt like he he was still, you know, Kurt. I mean obviously he had some some issues with substance abuse. You know, but um, that that was I, I also saw that early on. So I know that you know whenever you whenever anybody has those issues, it's always present in a way. You know, sometimes more, sometimes less, and and you see the struggle against that. But I I, I also did see Kurt really fought um, effortlessly to the eye to just be normal you know, and, and not be that, that guy who yeah. is like, who became famous. And so, you know, he was really, he's really down to earth and, 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 you know, super normal in, in a way. Um, and, you know, but there was a war going on, obviously. And, um, but he, he tried to, you know, he, he, he knew who, who, he knew who he wanted to win that war, um, but it just ended up being more powerful. <laughs> Did you notice a, a similar struggle with Chris early on with Soundgarden? Because that news for me was so shocking because he always seemed like someone who was, he obviously had pain within him because he'd sung mm. about it and he touched on those surfaces so convincingly and that obviously came from a very real place, but he always seemed to kind of have it together from the outside looking in and I'd seen him play just maybe three or four months before doing like a solo acoustic gig and he just was like effortlessly charming and yeah yeah Chris was a you know he was so talented in 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 a way that I don't feel like uh, I mean there are very few people that have the the command of you know all, all the forces like he did you know i mean there there are you know there are amazing artists that are just so explosive on stage and 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 uh 
you know, they, they sort of like do one thing or a couple things really, really well. Chris was an amazing guitarist. He was an amazing singer. He had, he was obviously, you know, born to be a front man just with, with, with the look. <laughs> so he had all those things. But the thing that impressed me more about Chris than any of those elements was actually, he was super funny, but he was a poet. And his lyrics, um, like I feel like they can stand sh- uh, shoulder to shoulder with any poet. Um, especially in this age, but also even eons going back. And so as a lyricist and, and, and what that, what that um, was evocative was just an, an, an intellect that was so dialed into um, the, the poetic nature of, of different experiences. So um, it's funny, like I don't, like he, he's sort of like, in, if you look at the rock guys, like he's the Renaissance dude, you know, he's, he's the guy that, that, that had all of those qualities. And I never, ever um, sensed that sort of um, need for a, a way out like that, you know? Um, so, yeah, it was shocking to me, too. I, I It's it's still shocking. Like, I, it would be like, um, I, I, bad luck to actually name anybody who's, who, who, who is still alive, but I, it would just be like, you know, pick your, pick your, the most solid rock star who you would never expect that from. And, and that's what happens. And it's just like, you can't process it. So <clears throat> it's weird. It's, um, yeah. It, uh, and, and I think what, what's also weird is because there has been this, this string of, of suicides. Um, you know, there was a certain point after Chester, especially, actually, yeah, Chester and Scott, that it felt like, man, this is becoming uh, the normal way to die. You know, it's not natural death. It's not, um, you know, it's not by accident or anything like that. It's like opting out, and and um, and that, and it's the thing that hurts so much about it when people go th- do that is, is just it. It hurts to think that somebody was in that much pain that 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 death is the only answer. And um, what do you do with that? You know, there's been we'll we'll lighten up the subject in a minute, but there's been there's been an awful lot of death, particularly with people you work with. Does that leave a mark on you? Do you find it hard sometimes to to deal with that? Because you know you've got Kurt, you've obviously got Scott, you've got Chris. Even people who you work with say once, like a prince, and mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk to you about that video mm-hmm. and working with him. But and obviously DJ AM, and I mean, do these things leave a mark on your soul? Yeah, it's it. Um, when you when you look at, uh, let's say the artists that I'm attracted to are they have a dark side, right? And and uh, and obviously my work has a dark side too. But I I don't. I don't obsess on it and and I feel like those artists don't obsess on it but I think that the 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 pernicious nature of of that darkness um you know I guess it's logical that that's going to overtake everything else you'd hope that it doesn't but I think that that um you know <clears throat> nature can be grotesque and and uh and can smother and choke and and uh and just you know beat up 
um, you know, the, the um, people and uh, that in a way that um, it's just so relentless. And I think that when you add substance abuse into it, which seems to get people's guards down. Yeah. Um, even if... The, and always seems to be involved, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's weird because like I have... Like I, I'm not... I don't have any of those impulses, you know? And and uh, it's, it's probably just... I'm lucky that my body chemistry does not like opiates. Like it has a horrible reaction to it. And it just ha- it, it it just turns out to be the golden elixir for some people who are super talented, and and uh, and it gets the better of them. Would you say, sorry, that you worked with Scott more than anyone else? Did you do more videos with him? Probably, yeah. Than anyone else, because you did Interstate Love Song and Vaseline for Stone Temple Pilots. A couple right? others actually. A Days of the others. Week, and um, I thought there was another one in there too. Well. There was some, there's a couple live shows, and another there's a there's a I don't know where it is, but there actually is a a the very first Interstate Love song that we did was a was an experiment that was super cool. It was a live performance in Chicago in a in a in an old room, and uh, and we ended up basically just doing this other the other one that was ultimately shown on MTV. But I'm actually searching for where that is. But then I also, yeah. And then, uh, then I also Scott had a a um, a, sol- uh, a side band called Magnificent Bastards. I thought you were going to say a side band called Velvet Revolver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've heard of that. <laughs> sort of a side band. <laughs> and then obviously, yeah, Velvet Revolver. So you're probably around seven or eight projects together in yeah. total. Yeah. And was the relationship there? one of purely creative understanding or was there a personal friendship and a mutual admiration and respect there as well? Both. Yeah. Yeah. Both. I mean, I, 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 it's not dissimilar to my relationship with Kurt, to be honest. Right. Um, where there was a trust, um, and it was, it was born early on in, in their careers. So, uh, and, and as they became more popular, obviously they, and, and they're looking for normalcy. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that, 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 uh, that you seek out when you're in that place that it's like you need something that you can that you can trust and and something that you know and is not going to have the surprises and 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 even deceptions actually that that um that come sometimes with people that are working with you later on the 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 partnership of vaseline and interstate like they almost seem like companion pieces to me stylistically um, and what was the decision with the kind of guy with the long nose running around town? What's that representing that metaphor? That's Pinocchio. Right. So uh, I can't remember the exact lyrics, but I, the, the, the theme of Interstate Love Song is uh, it, it, it concerns lying. So it was just, uh, you know, somebody tells a fib early on in the video and, and throughout the video, their nose gets lo- longer and longer and longer. And, and then finally it's a foot long. <laughs> who's got the foot long <laughs> were you one of the first people to find out about velvet revolver then uh yeah i know well i mean other than the the label obviously oh, but, yeah, yeah. um yeah the uh scott called and said he's got a new project and and uh would i be interested in doing a video for him and then he said and the other members are <laughs> and you went where do i sign <laughs> and you based it on a uh like a catacomb style party right yeah 
Tell me about the, the video shoot for that. Was the, it all done in France? No, in Paris? we no? actually built it. Okay. Scott couldn't go out of the country. At the, he couldn't. I don't think he could even leave the city. Um, he was dealing with some legal issues, um, so there were some restraints on him. And uh, but the whole idea was to to uh, um, uh, you know bring to life the in in Paris there are these catacombs that exist underground. Um, deep underground, miles and miles of them. And uh, some of them store bones that are dug up from other cemeteries and and, and, uh, and um, sort of curated to be in a very, very artful uh, display. So, but for, for me also, it was, it was like Slither was really about the, the, the if, you're, if you're gonna say there's a theme about it, it's sort of like going to that primordial spot where you know your love of music and your love of creating music and and the people that you connect to is um you know it's that sort of primal primal um element of of rock and roll that uh so let's just put them i mean obviously these are these guys are all rock gods you know rock so like, gods you, i was gonna say yeah they yeah. are larger than life stars and maybe it, the last maybe sorry to interject quickly there maybe the last huge rock band to come through like i can't really think of yeah any or many apart from maybe queen of the stone age but they were like huge weren't they i mean well obviously because guns and roses is basically yeah. the band with scott and he was huge in his own right yeah he put them together and it's... it's crazy and i think all the instincts for if you're gonna if you're gonna do any videos for them it's sort of like well yeah how can you deify them even more you know and because all the guns and roses videos are so bombastic and it's just like oh my god it's just like i I, I I can't stand that aesthetic, right? You didn't want to put slash outside a church solo yeah, in exactly. eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so all of my thoughts were just like, okay, well, let's just go underground. Let's go to the spot. Instead of doing that, let's go underground and let's have them connect to something that's much more primal about what would even pull you to as a band together to make stuff, you know? And, and, and it's like and not having it you know anything that that is evocative of like a calculation like a a a business calculation you know it's an entrepreneurial venture to get together as you know the biggest guys to make on the some planet serious cheddar yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so uh so yeah and and uh and so we we had to deal with these legal problems where Scott was dealing so it's like well how do you create the Paris catacombs in in Los Angeles so we turned to Hollywood Right, and you, then we just started. We just made the catacombs, and 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 uh, got Scott. You know, when he was available to us, and and uh, he really looks like a combination of Iggy Pop, David Bowie, Mick Jagger. He's kind of channeling all the the rock greats, isn't he? In that little Peter Murphy, yes. <laughs> and he's just. I mean, what a fucking rock star he was. Yeah, it's funny too. Like you say that because when you see when you saw uh, Velvet revolver live um scott would have two songs that were sort of bowie two songs that were sort of iggy um you know a little brian ferry in there some peter murphy it's like it's almost like he channeled those guys for like uh, one or two songs each and and his voice was like it was it was head to toe right and and, and even vocally so um it was and jagger obviously so um yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because that was like when you when you're seeing the shows, it's like 
that's Bowie and that's Jagger. And he had all the moves, but he had him, he did him better than the originals. He's one of the few guys to be able to get away with those t-shirts that finish like above your belly button. <laughs> that's a hard look to pull off and make look sexy, isn't it? Yeah. And he did it. And the fall to pieces video. I mean, have you seen that recently? No. Have you seen it since he passed? No. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like it almost seems to foresee that. Um, and how brave of him to expose and represent himself in his own band, in his own video in that way. Yeah. Did he discuss the idea to do that with you? Was it his idea? Was it a mutual collaborative idea? How did that Yeah, well, we, well we done Slither and then I was, I was, I was traveling with them. Uh, we were doing a couple shows, live shows. And, uh, and we started talking about, you know, he called me into the dressing room and says, I, the next song I want to do is about, is fall to pieces. And it's about, it's about my struggle. And I want to be honest about it. And, uh, so, and he just said, you're the guy to do it because you were there basically with, you know, you I saw the ups and downs and all that. So, um, yeah, that, and then, you know, <laughs> that point you just have to be faithful to, to that mission, you know, and, uh, and, you know, really sort of strip it down and, you know, a lot of that, a lot of the loneliness, um, and the, the unreliability <laughs> that, 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 um, you know, a problem like that sort of delivers to um, you know the various walks of life. You know whether it's your 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 marriage, your band, um, even yourself. You know, and um, and then also the counterpoint of that is like you know when you crack it and you have the you know those sort of flourishes of genius. You know, so it's sort of like making sure that it basically covered both both sides of that coin. And, uh, but it was raw. Scott, um, you know, he, uh, he lived a lot of those moments over again when we were shooting. We shot here, actually, a lot of it. In the house? In the house, yeah. So the scenes when he's like in the room on his mm -hmm. own, that's right. Yeah, and then we shot some stuff out on the beach uh, out in Santa Monica. So, um, and his wife, Mary, was in it. Um, so, wow, that is really real. Yeah, he was. That's he, so rare, isn't it, in this day and age, to see that level of fearlessness and honesty and mm -hmm. artistry. Yeah, yeah, it was brave, and even like even journaling, like because there's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't end up in a video that you that you like. Oh, here's an idea, and here's something that I was when 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 you know he used to write a lot, and uh, so. I asked him to do a journal leading up to the video, you know, that we can show in the video, show some of the writing and even put photos and things like that in there. So he took that very seriously. Like he came with a like journal. Like a method actor almost. Completely, yeah. yeah. He came with a journal that was, had a lot of pages filled with stuff. You know, it took a lot of time. So yeah, it's it's got to be hard for, for him just because you're rehashing stuff, you know, it's like, and, and part of it's also romantic, you know, it's like, wow, this is, I was doing this, this stuff at a, at a moment in time and it resulted in some great music, you know, what does that do with your head, you know, at a certain point? So like it, it starts, you start to undercut your own message.
at a certain point, but he just felt that it was something that he needed to do. So, What drew you to the DJ AM documentary idea? <clears throat> was he an old friend of yours? Was he someone that you no, knew? I, or? I, no, I shot him. Uh, I, so I had for years I did all the branding and the video and film work for uh, Insomniac events, which is like Electric Daisy Carnival and Nocturnal Wonderland and all those sort of EDM festivals. And then also hard events where um, AM played both. So he did EDC um, a couple months before he died. And then after the plane crash that, that he survived, he his first... Um, real commercial gig was at hard Halloween. So I shot, I shot both events and, um, and obviously I knew him. I'd seen him earlier at, at different clubs, but, um, you know, just met him backstage. Never, never really friends, but honestly, the, 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 um, one of the, one of the incentives for doing the film was, um, having lost a lot of people to that, that, um, cocktail, the deadly cocktail of, of fame and substance abuse and, um, and self-doubt insecurities. And I don't know who it was, but, but, um, somebody, somebody died. I know somebody else that, that, that I, I remember knowing and, and it's like, God, this story, it keeps happening. It keeps happening. And nobody, nobody's like, nobody's learning from it before. And I also think that a lot of the things that you see, my experience when you when people have those sorts of issues, you know, the people that are in a position to actually um, protect that person, even from themselves, um, and 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 lead them into um, on a better path. You know, whether it's sobriety or or you know, it's sort of. Um, minimizing the 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 um the dangers around them whatever it is but um when people die it's always always in the news it's like those people are always alone like they don't there's no mention about anything around them that could have been done differently and and possibly saved them or extended their lives you know it's like some sometimes you never know like that just may i mean i always felt like scott had a target on his back you know and it was just a matter of time I mean, he was, he was probably the most fragile of, of all these guys. But, um, and, and one of the, um, I had been asked to do a doc on AM before, like quite, maybe a year before I finally said yes. And the thing that I finally said yes to was, or the reason why I finally said yes was like, okay, this story has got to stop happening because they're all cookie cutter stories. Like you can interchange any one of those names. And so, I went back to the family who who had asked me to make the doc, and I said, "They'd specifically asked you, had they?" Yeah, and I said, "All right, um, I'm a hundred percent in. If the movie is about this, it's a it's it's about all the the um, it's truthful about Am's life in terms of like where those problems came from, um, what he was wrestling with. You know, it's not a puff piece. I mean, he's an amazing talent and and a really an amazing guy, but um, you know." You're not serving the lesson of his death, even of his life, to be honest. If you're going to be, if you're going to, you know, not deal with this, the real substance of his life. Um, and so I said, if, if, if I can be 100% truthful about that 
and we can set it set the film within the continuum of all the various artists that have i mean and going back to elvis and michael jackson like all these you know guys that sort of um wrestle with those issues if 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 the story can be that truthful then i'm a, i'm i'm in all in and so um so they said the the mother said yeah that's the that's the film that needs to be made and so yeah we we launched in right away and there's obviously so many i mean is travis barker's not in it is he no he's not interviewed did you approach him yeah 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 um he did just, he just didn't find feel it like too it painful was, or? yeah just just something didn't it, it, it i it probably just wasn't wasn't time you know since then he's talked on on on, on certain things and and i've worked with trav on on different projects like i did a psycho white video and and um we were even talking about doing something with the transplants but he works a lot with Tim Armstrong, uh, yeah, um, who I partner with quite a bit, and um, and so yeah, it just felt like maybe a little too personal, or he wanted to save the story for himself. He's the last surviving member, or last surviving, uh, last surviving, last survivor. Sorry, on the of the plane crash, you know. So, um, and when you know the interview is going to go there. Um, I'm sure that's not very comforting, you know. So, I who who says about um, when the two of them are just on the street trying to put each other out, mm-hmm. and that's when it really hits home, like the severity and the who is it who says that in the interview? That's a uh, he's a first responder. Okay, actually, so he's just like a a guy who's a police, there, no, a policeman, police officer. Yeah, who got the call, and um, and yeah. He, when he came over the hill and saw the plane on fire, it was fully engulfed at that point. So, um, and you can hear the dash cam video and, and audio. Um, you can hear Travis and AM talking to him, haunting. And uh, you, like when I did, I did research where, you know, you can see like a, a, a bit of that. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. And then I tracked, actually tracked down the, um, the, uh, the guy who oh well the, I went to, I found the police force and and basically flew out there to meet him and he pulled out the entire dash cam so which is the, from the moment he gets the call and then is racing like a hundred miles per hour through the streets um, which is what opens the film yeah yeah I mean I don't know whether it's just because I'm not really in that world but I didn't really know anything about his story mm-hmm. coming from the UK I don't know whether he translated as much over here not so um, much. but what an inspiring guy. Yeah. And just the the level of generosity in his character, <laughs> the dog's still going. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it's all ambiance. I'm just worried that they're laying into some poor human on it's the just street. A neighbor. It is. <laughs> oh, there they go again. And um, yeah, what like what a special, generous, selfless, caring, sweet, real guy. And what a sad loss. Sad loss. Yeah. I mean, he was larger than life. And he, you know, he <laughs> he crams so much life into every second, um, and and it's the same thing. It's like it's 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 the, not necessarily irony, but the paradox of of somebody who's so committed and so generous with his his self, um, and helping people. Yeah. And and then you know suffering from so much self doubt and and insecurity, and um, <clears throat> and and all nurtured along by you know, some pharmaceuticals that were prescribed that, that really erode um, 
your sense of self and self-worth and uh and just get your guard down you know and uh so here's the 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 complex uh, sort of elements that that fed into his death you know it's it's uh there's a lesson to be learned on on every front in terms of um you know taking care of yourself um for doctors you know over prescribing meds that are uh well the same thing got prince right mm -hmm. as well it seems to be a real problem in america doesn't it yeah you don't see that in the uk so much right? no europe it's it's not like a pill popping culture right at all really and you can't really get anything <clears throat> excuse me you can't really get anything legally of that nature really unless you are seriously seriously sick but it seems to just be so readily and widely available out here. You can also, if you're in a position to actually tell the doctor what you want, <laughs> um, you know, and to not have to not have the doctor say no, but you're pretty much prescribing yourself mm -hmm. drugs that you that you want, you know, for one reason or another. You know, whether it's because you just, you know, you crave them. Or you need them, or you know somebody told you that they're gonna help. <laughs> so yeah, it's dark. What? How did the put me in the kind of the whirlwind of so? In the late eighties, you're sort of making Super Eight videos experimentally <laughs> with Sonic Youth, and then as early as was it like ninety two? You're with Prince ninety three, and you're on this huge, big budget like movie shoot for My Name Is Prince. Yeah, it's funny. That's I a rapid growth, isn't it? And did you ever stop at that moment and look around and go, oh, this is going all right, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Things are going well. <laughs> it's funny, like, that, that, at that point, it was sort of like, I, because uh, I was working with REM at that point, too, and, 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 you know. I love that video, too. Just bands that, like, are, like, I, I, I'm not even thinking about, like, the material thing. I just love their music, and... And uh, it was such a, um, I was so lucky to be able to work with, with people, you know, who, who made such amazing music, you know, and, and um, it's funny. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was, and it was like, it was nonstop in terms of like. Uh, uh, when you factor in edit time, yeah, it's like, how many were you doing a year? Did you have like an average sort of like, number? I was probably doing like three to five a month. Three to five a month. Yeah. And, and. Uh, and and I even on some jobs like Prince, I had to jump off early to do REM. So um, that that video is sort of like an exquisite corpse in a way. There's a, there's a few different directors that that did different stages. Okay. Prince had a funny way of working where it's sort <laughs> of like you know things got piecemealed together, and he's um, very very um, idiosyncratic in terms of how he approaches um, stuff. And and you know even just like he would he would have musicians on call and it's like at two a.m. he's like come on in let's go to the studio and they'd be in there till noon, but it was like it was all that sort of like however you know whenever the movement whenever the mood uh, moves me you know we'll we'll be doing stuff so yeah but but Prince was um, yeah that was a he, he's a, there's a whole 
aura. He's sort of like the good witch in a way, like the bubble <laughs> who floats down in the bubble, you know, and, and it's like he, he, everything's pretty sparkly and, yeah. and, and, uh, and, um, but at the same time, he's super humble and, and very approachable, very smart, methodical. Um, he wanted, yeah, he wanted, you know, paper edit. I'm, I, I'm very impulsive. And, and so it's like, I, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to work in a studio or an edit or even writing, it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily prep. I prep my consciousness in terms you're of not storyboarding my attitude, everything, yeah. but I, I don't sort of do a, okay, this is my to-do list, you know, going in there. It's like, I want to, I, I just want to go and let the movement, let, let wherever my taste sort of lead me. And he wanted to do a paper edit before I, before I even arrive in the edit every day, like he wanted to have a paper edit. I was like, I don't, I don't work that way. And, and we, it's funny, we, there was a, we, we had a little altercation about that. And then it, it was like acrimonious for a day. And then we made our piece the next day and, 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 and trusted in each other's um, working methods. So, um, but yeah, then he wanted, I was supposed to travel with him to Egypt to do a show. We're actually, we're going to go all around the world. And then something happened where the tour basically got, um, got sidetracked. And then, and then I ended up basically just doing all this, uh, these other videos. So never, we never got back to, I don't know if he ever actually even went there, but that was the original plan was to do a whole year, like a, a doc on, on his life. And, um, so that's two disappointing opportunities on the didn't. documentary front, right? With Nirvana and Prince. Fuck. Yeah, and that that one just never even got out of the gate. I think the stuff with Nirvana was 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 pretty gross actually because it's like you, <laughs> the film wasn't even a fraction of the way done and when he died it's sort of like okay, well how do we get this out there? That's that was sort of like the people who were, you know, the business side of that world they're like let's get it out there and and I was like, oh man, that's just so gross. Straight away. That my thinking that it's straight away, there there might have been a little gap, you know. But certainly But it was it was too too close anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um what's that noise now? Refrigerator. Is it? Is it it's not gonna fuck you up. Is it ramped up? No. It just goes every now and then. <laughs> um let's bring it home with the Joan Jet documentary Bad Reputation. Did you need some lightness for the soul after the AM project. Did you need to do something with a little bit more of a, an inspirational, upbeat message? And because Joan, again, I didn't quite realize I've always been a huge fan of her, not just the music, but everything she represents. But I didn't realize how bigoted people were towards the Runaways just because they were girls playing rock music. I had no idea they faced that much animosity and hatred from the American media and it's crazy it's nuts i didn't know that either to be honest um that was a that was a shocker and i think that you know she's she's such a she's such a badass and she can such hold her own with any man on stage so like you don't even look at her in 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 uh in gender terms no you know she's just like you don't because in the same way that you don't look at men in gender terms yeah. it's like they're just a bad he's jimmy page is a, a badass rock and roller yeah and 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 uh and you know and on and on through all all your all your, so it was um it was 
horrifying to actually go back and uh, and and track her through forming a band, which you know she she you, you got a little uh, resistance there, but um, you know finding kindred spirits and forming the Runaways, and then and then yeah, like when it's when it's um, you know everybody thought well it's, this is sort of like cartoon level, but when they realized that 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 they were serious, not just Joan but everybody else in the band. Um, yeah, they started to get a lot of shit and and uh, and violent too. So, um, you know, just because girls wanted to play rock and roll, it was she like said it was she just, had a car battery thrown at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so uh, yeah, it was a it was it was a, a, a violent opposition to girls just playing music. And it's like where where to as a man. Um, of course, we we're all familiar with with um, how difficult it is with um, for, for women to to make their way in a man's world, whether it's the music industry or politics or w- whatever. But I think that, w- and and I even sort of considered myself like pretty dialed into that. But to actually learn that on a that on a daily basis, all the shit that they get, and it's for years, decades. She's still getting it. So yeah, it's um, not just shit, is it? It's like hatred, like total venomous, yeah, poison, yeah. And uh, and um, and even um, record companies actively working against their success. You know, when their job obviously is that's not part of the job description. You know, it's the, it's supposed to be the opposite. And so. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a control factor, and I think that right now, especially in our in our in this day and age, where you know you've got you've got a, a guy who's who's you know who, who proudly actually uh, cops to that sort of behavior. Who's that? Um, <laughs> <what's his name>? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and a whole movement that is reacting to it. Uh, and, and was all of and that going on whilst you were editing the film? Yeah. Yeah, pop, so yeah. That the must Me have Too felt so the timely. Me, the Me Too movement actually sort of popped um, towards the tail end of the edit. Um, I mean, obviously, parity and equality—they're always—they're—they're they're always on the yeah on the course. table yeah, in terms yeah. of issues. But it's like omnipresent at the moment, yeah. isn't it? But I think that um, that obviously sort of turbocharged mm. things. It must have felt like you were making something even more vital than you thought you already had. Yeah, yeah. And Did it help with the release of the film? Um, I don't, it's funny, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, Magnolia picked up the movie and they're, um, they've got such a, a strong history of actually supporting independent film and, and, uh, and, and, and intelligent films. Like they did the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, doc as well and, and, and a whole bunch of others. So I, I think that, um, it wasn't, it wasn't like oh this is like trendy you know mm, yeah it yeah. felt like they they were they were in it for the right reasons mm-hmm. and and i think that um so that was that was rewarding i, I think it was an honorable pickup basically yeah <laughs> yeah in a way and it's you know it's a story that i can't believe hadn't already been told in such a such a way because she she's like lemmy to me she's like one of those like pilots of rock and roll yeah that's just been such a fighter and such as you say a badass 
Um, and yeah, I couldn't believe no one had done one. Had there been one at all? No, well, they'd um, done a Runaways they'd done film. They'd done a Runaways film, right? yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that had been done. But, but that's, I mean, Joan was out of that band when she was 19 or 20. So, you know, that's a, long, that's a very short time. In that's her, like the introduction chapter, isn't it? Pretty much, right? So, and it is actually in the movie, it's the first act. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and act two and three are, are, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that, um, and, and I think that, you know, not only her musical career, but also her, her work um, outside of music in terms of like her, being an instrument for change herself, you know, on the, on the planet and, and on behalf of, of, um, underdogs and and uh you know people who don't who who don't have a voice yeah it's not even just a gender thing is it it is just anyone who's basically kind of been spat on and yeah. trampled on yeah. and overlooked and disrespected yeah marginalized yeah and 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 just you know human rights animal rights uh even work in the environment you know she's she's been very active um in the name of just sort of bettering life on the planet and so um, we need more of them. We, yeah, and it's 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 funny too because she's so um, she's so humble about it. You know, she's a she's not beating on her chest. She's not she's not you know doing selfies of herself in, in you know with other people or or at an issue related event. You know, she just get, goes in there and she does the work, and 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 uh, and and so I think that her her sort of her posture in those things it um it has a um there's an integrity about her her um her activism that i think is really um refreshing and because the the nobility of it actually shines through because it, she's not she's not sheeping it with yeah. with um you know <laughs> a selfie basically and you got some great guests in it, dude. There's some amazing guests in there, like a wide pool of... When you are making a film like that, do you go through your own personal phone book? Do you sort of go at the angle from the agent manager side? Because <laughs> there's, there's such a broad scope of people from Billy Joe to Debbie Harry to... Nikki Haley. Everyone's Iggy in there. Iggy Pop. Iggy, yeah. Where yeah. did you film that? At his house? We, yeah, we shot, at his house. shot his house in, so in Miami. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd done a video for him before, but but I think, yeah, it's like, you know, look, there's six ways to Sunday, right? And and I think that um, the... the I'm it, really just trying to steal tips from you for my podcast as to how to go about getting these cool people on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you hit them from all angles, yeah. basically. But I think that the whole thing with with the with the film like that is like, okay, well, who, who's in their life and, and who can actually speak about their life in a way that has the, the um, auth- not the authenticity, but the authority, yep. I guess. Um, and the insight. Yep, yep. And so um, we were lucky that all those people, you know, Joan made it easy, you know? All those, like, when you say you're doing a film on Joan Jett, like, it, it, pretty much everybody, yeah, yeah they, they want to step up, say their piece. Final question, or maybe penultimate question, because it might be a weird one. Was Kim Fowley a wrong dude? <laughs> You know, I you kind of de- obviously it's not about the runaways as such. It's not about him, but you yeah. know, you hear so many stories about that guy. He was obviously an eccentric and a, you know, a special character. Yeah. But it seemed like he kind of maybe fucked up their career a bit as well, didn't he? And maybe fucked with certain people's minds a bit. You know, it's it's hard to tell actually because I I I have heard stories that are that are diametrically opposed 
from right. each other about their experiences with with Kim Fowley. You know, you hear the stuff. Um, I mean, Joan and actually and and even um, Cherie, they they had great experiences with them. They had they had you know art, artistically very um, rewarding and and uh, and and uh, and rich. And then you hear stories about things that may have gone on that um, you know. I tried to I I looked deep into those stories just to see if there was something that actually needed to be in the film. And or something that would make you just not want to have him perhaps in the film too much at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you still got to tell the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 I didn't. What I found anyway, and maybe that's um, because I I I didn't uh, talk to the right people, or uh, certain people didn't come forward with with things. But I think that um, I I didn't find enough evidence to to allow me to say something about him that was quite possibly untrue. Mm -hmm. And it's like I'm not going to do the sensationalist thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And even though certain people sort of wanted wanted that, but it's like I heard I I didn't hear anything that actually. Uh, was was that gave me that conviction to be honest and i can't put anything in the film that i don't believe in so he was obviously just i mean one thing we can definitely say is that he was a unique individual oh my god yes wasn't he <laughs> like a total freak um and a, a really important figure in the history of music and the history of freak alternative culture um, and Rodney Bingheimer, man, like what an absolute LA legend <laughs> that guy is. He's in it in a tiny snippet, right? Is it just like a a very short, brief? Yeah, yeah and then there's some audio uh, interviews that he did with 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 um, the Runaways. Yeah, and so yeah, they're both super eccentric. I mean, look, LA in the '70s was just bananas. You know, the it, the drug culture, the club culture, the the decadence. It was like it was everything goes. And um, and they were right in the pocket. Yeah. Throw in the host in the parties, yep. weren't they? Yep. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Kim, Kim also was like he's funny. The songs that he wrote, you know, they're gonna they're, they're coming to take me away. Aha, ho we he to the funny farm. He wrote that song and 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 a bunch of other. Um, he was crafty. He was crafty, and I think you know colorful, colorful character, but um. And a product of the time and the environment, as you say. Yeah, but maybe you know, he's he served his his purpose with the Runaways, um, and and maybe didn't. Um, that band may have failed because it was mismanaged. But I also think when you're you know nineteen twenty years old, and Jones said this to me, it's like um, you can't really be calling yourself the Runaways anymore. Yeah, you know, because you're now you're an adult. Well, it's something like the Sex Pistols. You know, some bands are meant to just burn bright for a very short period of time, and then that's it. Yeah. Because yeah. punk rock of that sort is a youth music, isn't it? Completely. And I don't know whether I'd want to go see a bunch of 50-year-olds called the Sex Pistols. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Remember it as it was. But you can. Yeah. Now. <laughs> um, my and it's sort of sad. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? Guns and Roses. Um, so my final question, Kevin, is you seem to be on a bit of a roll at the moment with these documentaries. Is there another one in the works at the moment? Have you got any subjects that are, 
you know, presenting themselves to you as things that you'd like to maybe explore at this stage? Can we reveal anything about future plans or? I am doing a Jane's Addiction doc. Are you really? Yeah. Fuck. So we're just talk about decadent LA rock yeah, and roll. Yeah, we're just in the very early stages of that. Um, but yeah, it's super exciting. Um, I mean, I saw them also uh, in you know LA Club Days. Yeah. So um, which was right around the time they actually just first released their live. Um, live at the Roxy. Uh, no, it? yeah, it's the Jane Says basically. Yeah. So. Um, so all those shows, and just L.A. at that point in the mid-'80s, um, yeah, it, it, was, um, it was dark. And I think that the, the, um, the sort of gorgeous psychedelic flower that, that, <laughs> that bloomed when they came, came out, um, you know, and I, with all its ferocity and, 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 uh, and, um, and danger and, and, you know, really, they were out there. So uh, I think it's a it's a film that's focused on their first five years, you know. Without which, that band in that time, alternative rock would have been a completely different movement, wouldn't it? They, for me, were the people that pushed down the gates and ushered that whole era in. Completely. Without them, there is no Nirvana. Or Rage it, Against the or Machine. Or Rage Against the Machine. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. So they, and they, they, you know, they sort of married so many different music genres together that, um, that, um, it was, um, yeah, and it was so explosive. And so the film goes up through the end of the first Lollapalooza when the band actually broke up. But, like, there were fistfights on stage, you know, when they were playing that year. And it was, it was pretty acrimonious. But, um, but still, you know, great. That's the Icarus part of the story where they flew too close to the sun. But I think that, you know, there, it was a pretty gorgeous flight getting there. A gorgeous band. Yeah. Um, well, I'm very excited about that. If people want to check out your work, it's just kevinkerslake.com, right? Is that the place Precisely, to go? Precisely, yes. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you've got a YouTube page, I know. Is all your music video work on the YouTube page, or just is it getting there bit by it's bit? It's getting there bit by bit. <laughs> like, I'm just finding stuff. Because you're old actually. school, aren't you? You're yeah. from the analog age. Exactly. Um, I just started, actually, I, there's a playlist on there where I actually tracked down um, the actual the label um, versions, yeah, right of the releases. Like because every now and then there was a director's cut that that, that you can see on my website, but um, but yeah, the the um, there's a lot of work either on the website or on the YouTube channel. Love it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me over to your house. Thank you. I know sir. you've been under the weather, so I appreciate you taking the time and talking to me today. Oh, good. No, I'm glad you made it out here. And you're feeling strong. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's get those dogs inside. Yeah. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.